Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coaching to Flourish podcast. In this episode, I interview Brittany Salzman. Brittany is one of Coach Training EDU's trainers. She has a career in higher education, and she currently is has a, a independent coaching practice where she focuses on working with people ready to for their breakthrough, ready to know themselves and to be known out there in the world. My biggest takeaway in this podcast with Brittany was this idea of post-paramatic growth and the idea of using uh, an experience, that uh, a challenge, and that it's so fast, it's so, uh, so, so quick, you know, the presentation of the challenge and overcoming it, that it's sometimes hard to wrap our minds and our emotion around what just happened, but months, even years later, to still use that same experience and draw growth from it and to learn and to become stronger through it. That's my biggest takeaway in listening to this podcast. I'm excited for you to, to uh, listen to it. Let's get to it. Let's take a listen. Welcome everyone to the Coach Training EDU Coaching at Flourish podcast. I'm your host, John Andrew Williams. Today, I'm here with Brittany Salzman. Welcome, Brittany. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. I, I really, really appreciate this. Such an super. honor. It's, it's super. It's going to be super fun. We're, we're going to have a great conversation. Brittany is one of our trainers. Uh, she has a distinguished career in the academic world before she arrived at Coach Train EDU, and currently she is a coach who specializes in helping people become known. But before you do that, you have to know yourself. As she was, we're in the prep for this as we were going over, and so we're excited to have a conversation, see where it goes, maybe get some uh, coaching nuggets that we can mine later, and go from there. Welcome, Brittany. Welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. First question. First question. Uh, how is it going now? Like how, how are you doing? What's most interesting in your world? Present tense. Yeah. Um, everything is going really, really well. Um, I am um, kind of currently in a space of shelter, of course, as all of us are. Um, but one of the things about my business that I knew that I wanted to do from the beginning was um, work virtually and, and work remotely. And so I'm very, very fortunate in the fact that um, in that sense, I really have not been impacted um, in terms of clients or my, my ability to connect with my clients and things like that. And so um, in general, things are, are going well. Yeah. Congrats. It's a thing to be pandemic proof in this kind of you know, situation, Absolutely. right? Uh, what? All right, let's, let's, let's just jump in. I, I, you're telling me briefly about your, uh, the, the focus of your coaching practice. Uh, I'm super interested in, in this, this specialty, you know, because it's one of the things that coaches, new coaches can do to be successful is to pick a specialty and to, to go for it. Uh, it could either be a target audience or an idea. Yours is an idea. I love it. Let's, <laughs> let's lay it out there. Yeah. It, I, it's um, really based in this premise of we all want to be known. And that truly starts with knowing ourselves. And um, that begins with knowing kind of where you are currently, where you want to go, and then how do we connect these two? Um, and so that's kind of the premise, premise of, you know, who I work with and not everyone is ready to get real with who they are and who they want to become. Um, but for those people who are ready to do that deep dive in, into themselves and kind of put 
societal expectations aside, put family expectations aside and past expectations even, and really get real with themselves. That's, that's who I work with. And it's super, super exciting work. It's so much fun. Right, right. What do you see as the, some of the common stumbling blocks that people have to getting real with themselves? Yeah, I would say the number one thing is this, as I had mentioned, um, kind of putting societal expectations, family expectations aside and, and being um, honest with yourself about what it is truly that you want. And, and it's not anything at fault of the person. It's kind of the world that we live in, that we have all these external pressures, external expectations. And so to kind of, and for many, many of us for years that has been building up. And so to kind of dust that off and, and really more than dusting sometimes kind of dig yourself out of that um, can be quite a challenge. Um, but when you, when you do get out from underneath that, it, I mean, the breakthroughs are just incredible, really, really incredible. No, that's, that's amazing. I can just imagine just to feel your energy, just talking about it feels like a little <laughs> bit of that, that breakthrough energy when, when, so, so let's say, let's say someone knows themselves, like what, what's, how does that impact the way that they, or that you've seen them go out? Like, you know, how does the inside work then translate to outside action? Yeah, I mean, it seems super uh, simple and basic, and it's because it is. It impacts everything, absolutely everything that you do, every person that you interact with, every decision that you make. When you truly know yourself to your core, um, it is kind of almost serves as like your, your true north on your compass. And you get this opportunity, incredible opportunity to kind of gauge um, the things in front of you to decide, is this moving me more in the direction of my true north or is it pulling me away from that true north? Um, it serves as, as a compass for yourself moving forward. And so it really truly impacts every single aspect of your life um, from that point beyond. And I mean, I've experienced that myself even, and that's really truly where it all stems from is kind of uncovering that and kind of getting out from that space myself and, right. and identifying that for myself. And that's, that's what I want to share with everyone else. I would love for everyone to have that kind of breakthrough experience. All right, let's dive in. So Brittany, what was the breakthrough experience? What was the story? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I was... Um, as you had mentioned, I've, my background is in education and um, working, I worked at several different colleges and universities a, a, across the country and um, backed up to work at a high school um, in Chicago. And I loved the students that I was working with, loved the work that I was doing. Um, and I was doing all the quote unquote right things um, in my, on my trajectory, you know, in terms of advancing in my career, advancing in job titles, more responsibilities, higher salary and all those kinds of things. And, you know, I'm checking all of those boxes and I just, but there was still something inside of me. It was very, very quiet. And I was really good at stifling it and making it shut up. <laughs> um, but that was still there, that itch and that desire for more. I just didn't know what that more was. Um, and um, then in January of 2017, I 
um, was faced with really, quite frankly, my own mortality. Um, I uh, was having lunch with a friend on a Monday and um, started getting a migraine. And that wasn't anything new. Um, I'd had migraines before. Um, went, did all the things that I normally do for it to go away and it went away. Um, but what was different is it came back um, and it came back with a vengeance. And no matter what I did, it, it wouldn't go away. And the next day um, I started having issues with the vision in my right eye. And then the third day on that Wednesday, I would have complete blackouts in my right eye. And so I went to an immediate care center and they did a vision test and, and told me I needed to go to the emergency room. And long story short, I found myself in surgery that Friday to remove a brain tumor as much as they possibly could. And all of this is happening so, so quickly. Um, and I think what's, what, is, what has been unique about um, that experience for me is that um, sometimes, not all the time, but um, when you have diagnoses and things like that, um, you have this preparation period of preparing for the surgery or getting second opinions or things like that. Whereas for me, it was crucial that I went right into the surgery right away. And so all of that work and space um, to prepare yourself beforehand for me was pretty much non-existent. In fact, I really don't remember anything from being admitted until when I was home weeks later. And so that, that recovery and, and reckoning for me came after all of that was over. And that was kind of almost a rebirthing for me. Um, that was when I got so clear on what it was that I wanted in my life and that checking the boxes for anyone else other than me is not what I want to be doing. Um, I don't want to um, you know, work 60, 70 hour weeks for, you know, till I'm 64, 65, and then all of a sudden get to have fun. I want to have fun now and also love the work that I do. And um, so that was the journey that, 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 or the impetus that kind of prompted this journey for me. That, thank you, Brittany, for sharing that. Like that, that's an, that's an incredible journey. What, right, there's so many, there's so many pieces to it. What was it like looking back, like, you know, two or three months after the whole experience and you got that clarity, what was the, what was the thing that you wish everyone knew? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, you know, two, three months looking back. I mean, I still look back even today and I'm still learning and growing. Um, it's, an, it's, it's even an annual process for me to look back. Um, and, but the one thing I think that I, I really uh, want others to know is, is really the heart of um, what the work is that I do as a coach. Um, and that is this experience that I had. Um, and it's, it's not uncommon for um, those who have had um, kind of drop of the dime experiences like that, an accident or a medical diagnosis or a medical emergency or something that had to be addressed right away. Um, it, it's this idea of, um, and for me, um, turned into post-traumatic growth. Um, and um, that's been really empowering for me. That's not always the case for everyone. And also there's so many people out there that don't experience 
the po that idea of post-traumatic growth because they don't have that trauma that kind of spawns it. And so that's the piece that I um, am, would love, you know, for everyone to have without that traumatic experience, that, that growth and that exponential um, just knowing yourself um, and how you enter this world and the space that you, that you utilize. That's such a cool concept, post-traumatic growth. Yeah. Like to be able to go in and experience that like, even after. Yeah. And that, and I do want to be clear. That's not, that's not my term. That's definitely. I understand. I understand. Psychology. Yeah. So um, it's, just, it's really, really fascinating. I just love the idea of, uh, I mean, I just love the idea of that's what like, happens like on a regular, like that's what happens. And now we have, we have a word for it. We have something tangible to name it uh, and to go with it. I mean, and when the name fits so perfectly, it's just, it's like, yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's take it. Let's go back just a little bit. So how did, where did you grow up and how did it impact? Like you, how does that impact you today? Yeah. So I grew up in a very small town in Kentucky um, it's known as the bourbon capital of the world. So, um, if you've had any kind of bourbon, most likely it's come from the County that I grew up in. Um, and, um, I lived there, um, until college, even when I went for undergrad, I, um, still, um, stayed in Kentucky in that general area. It wasn't until grad school that I, that I moved out of Kentucky and, and really moved away and, and, have not moved back to Kentucky, and that's not anything against Kentucky or anything against my my you know growing up experience or anything like that. I just very quickly learned how vast and amazing this world is, and I just very quickly got the itch to visit every corner of this world and just learn as much as I possibly could. And so that um, you know certainly. Um, you know, the, the community in which I grew up is very, very homogenous and, you know, you can learn a lot through reading books and listening to podcasts, but I believe you get the true experience by actually being there in that space and interacting with people who live that life. And so um, that is kind of the journey that I'm on uh, personally is um, putting myself in places where I can learn from others. Um, and, and that informs my coaching too, to be a better coach as well. Right. You're currently on the road now, or we're planning to be on the road. Right? Yes, I was. Yes. Yeah. I had just, um, the beginning of January, I purchased a, a van and, uh, spent about a month and a half with, with my dad, actually. I'm so grateful I had his help in building it out and spent about three weeks on the road before everything started closing down. And so um, that's been put on hold. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's very similar to how I came out of um, my surgery that I think, you know, I had, I had the option in both of these places of, letting this bring me down and letting it stop me and letting it be disappointing 
Um, but instead, I've chosen to look at it very differently as a growth opportunity and a learning opportunity. And okay, you know, what can I learn from this? What is this teaching me right now? And and that's you know, I I have a lot of. Um, family and friends who are asking, you know, oh my gosh, I, I feel so bad, you know, that you, you, you know, spend all this time building out this van and now all of a sudden you don't get to go anywhere. And I'm like, I don't feel bad at all. Like it's still going to happen. It's just a little delayed, you know? So I'm still eager to, of course, to get out on the road, but I know that this is, this is the right thing for right now. And it's opened up some other opportunities for me as well. So um, it, it really truly is about, you know, the perspective and that, that shift internally. Right. Yeah, we, we lived 15 months on the road, Moise and I, and the Littles yeah. did uh, 15 months with uh, a fifth wheel. And the idea, everyone does, is they go out super hard and they go to see as much as they possibly can. And then they get like two months in and gla- you know, glassy eye, like what just happened? That was so not the way we wanted to do it. And everyone almost to a T says, you know what? I wish I had done it and just lived in one spot for like a couple months, got used to it and then started traveling. So Brittany, you might have the perfect introduction to this kind of nomadic life. Yeah, right. absolutely. And it's so funny that you say that because that whirlwind is exactly what I experienced in those three weeks when I finally did get on the road. And I was exhausted all the time yeah. because I'm still seeing clients. I'm still, you know, training I'm, and have my um, classes that that I train in. And so adding travel to that, I mean, I just felt like, when am I sleeping right now? (laughs) So it definitely was a great opportunity just to sit back and kind of reassess and say, okay, what worked well, what didn't work well. And when I'm able to, what is that going to look like moving forward? Totally. Yeah. So, and that's where I see people right now who are adapting to this Mm -hmm. change is they're finding ways to put their energy in different places. And then when we come out of this, they'll be in a better spot. Uh, because yeah. of it, it's almost like taking any challenge is what you're talking what you're speaking to is taking any challenge and squeezing as much growth and value out of any challenge, which is like the definition of you know optimism and growth mindset like that that's it you know greeting challenges like allies how how uh okay, so you also train the other people to be coaches right? yeah so someone just starting out on their coach training journey what would be your advice to them? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it sounds um, like, oh, how does, how do you do that? But really it truly is about trusting the process, trusting yourself as a coach and ultimately cut, trusting your client, those three trusts. I just go back to that as a core core piece of this, regardless of whether you're starting your own practice or integrating coaching into the work that you're already doing it, bringing into an organization. Um, you know, if you, um, aren't able to tap into those three things, then, um, not that coaching is ineffective, but you won't be able to reach your full potential as a coach. Um, and, and really, I remember, um, John in the 2.0 course, when we, um, got to the silliness and, and humor chapter and, trying to break the coaching session. I mean, that was a whole new level for me and um, really trusting the process, trusting myself, trusting the client and um, really freeing in terms of, 
Like, no, I, this is a, this is a, a sandbox and a playground for my clients, but it's also a playground for me as the coach too. And we're in this together. We're in this playground together, just exploring and seeing, you know, what, what we could find, what we can learn. Um, and um, that I'm not, you know, I'm certainly, you know, an expert through the lens of being a coach, but I'm not an expert on my clients. They are the expert on themselves. And I trust that. Um, and so that's definitely the, the, the biggest piece of advice that I would give to starting out coaches is just leaning into to those trusts. Right. What's your favorite coach training exercise from the 1.0? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, absolutely. Without a doubt, it's future self. And I would right, say okay. combined with inner critic. And a lot of that is because of how I've used that with um, my clients. Um, I, um, it, it's a, just both of them are really, really powerful individually. And when you combine them, just, I mean, insane, the levels that, you know, clients go to a lot of the clients that I work with right now are high school and college students. Um, and so we, um, do, um, an inner critic, um, you know, do the inner critic activity. And of course we personify our inner critic and then they actually craft that inner critic, whether it's, you know, some of the, one of the nonprofits that I work with, um, Ignition Community Glass is a glass blowing studio. And so some of them will go into the hot shop and like actually blow an art piece that represents their inner critic. And um, other times, other clients, they'll actually, you know, um, use construction paper and markers and whatever to, to kind of create this inner critic that they visualized for themselves and named. Um, and then they, um, for those students in the glass shop, they take it outside and they smash it. Um, and, <laughs> or so for, for cheers, the- Cheers to smash yeah. the critics, yeah. Yeah, excellent, absolutely. Or for the clients who, who are not in that uh, hot shop, they cut it up, um, you know, we, we kind of, and then we take those pieces and we do future self and we get to name our future self. And um, for those students at the, at the glass studio, they take those pieces from the inner critic, take it down to the fuse shop and fuse them together into something else that represents the future self. And, and conversely for those clients, um, otherwise they take those pieces of paper and, and recreate them, tape them, glue them, however they want into something else that represents their future self. And it's just that, that certainly the, the activities and, and the visualization and the personification is really, really powerful that added piece of actually holding it in their hands is, is really, really awesome. And, and the insight. So cool. right that is so that. cool. That is like <laughs> one of the coolest. Like, cheers, cheers to that exercise. That <laughs> front to finish. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's really awesome. I really hmm. love hearing those. Oh, you know, I just it, feel the emotion of these are the kinds of conversations that change the trajectory of someone's life. And it's not, it's not like just, I mean, teenagers, adults, everybody, it, you know, any kind of coaching conversation, you have an, people have an opportunity to get into these kinds of concepts. It's amazing, you know, what happens. And in one hand, it can be so simple, yet so profound. Wow. All right. So. Brittany, thank you. This is, this is great. Uh, let's, let's do some, uh, there's some Q and a. So if you have a question, uh, please use the Q and a, uh, this is on the coach training edu blog as well. So if you have questions, further questions for Brittany, uh, 
And if you want to see her upcoming programs, things like that, please check out the Coach Train EDU blog. There will be links. Uh, I have a couple more for you. A couple more. Let's dive in. Uh, where, like, okay, so when you first heard about life coaching, what was your honest first reaction? <laughs> I'm like, laughing where? because um, it's actually, I've had in, when I was in education, still working at, at the university level, I had a few colleagues and even a few students who had mentioned to me on a few occasions that you should really look into being, becoming a coach. Um, but I brushed it off for a couple of reasons. One at the time I thought I really loved what I was doing and like, that's what I was going to do. So there was no, you know, I wasn't really super open to looking at anything else, but two, my idea of a coach was like, totally off point. Like I was like, it's woo woo. It's touchy feet. You know, it's getting true with your feelings and like we're crying and we're, you know, this, uh, a very like spiritual component even. And, and like, I, I mean, I had like put it in a category of its own and that I'm very, very practical and logical in, in my own life. And so um, I just, you know, certainly, you know, thanks them for, for the compliment and the suggestion and kind of kept on my path. And so um, it wasn't um, until after my own um, experience with the, with my brain tumor that I kind of started thinking like what, like this education thing, like I, I love it and I love working with students, but the capacity that I'm working in right now is not sustainable long-term. So what else is out there? Um, and I spent a long time kind of diving into that and what that would be. And uh, <laughs> it actually turned out that I went and got my own career coach um, first. And I got about three or four sessions into um, that relationship. And I thought, ah, this is what I've been doing all along with my students. Like, <laughs> wait a second here. Um, and so that's when I really started thinking like, maybe this is something that I, I, you know, could look into and like, this is probably not what my perception or what my assumptions have been all along. Um, and so I started kind of looking to see what programs were out there and stumbled upon co-training EDU and specifically the academic focus. And that's when the light bulb just like, it didn't just go off. It like caught on fire. Because <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I can combine academics with coaching. Like this is like, I get to bring what I love about education and kind of leave the stuff that was kind of icky about it and, and step into this new way of using um, my, my strengths and my skill set and, and, and those pieces that I love about education. And so I think that I, I don't, I'd have to go back and look, I'm sure I have the documentation for this, but I have to say it was less than a week from that first conversation to enrollment, like maybe even two or three days. Like it happened very quickly. Cause I was just like, wow. this is it. This, I knew, I knew it. So now do you break out Enya and, and Amethyst? Are you, <laughs> you, you converted to the woo woo of coach or is it's that? so funny because, yeah, I know um, you all did the breath work workshop with Katie right. a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and I actually um, did do the breath work. And that was way out of my element, even now today. Um, but it was fascinating. It was amazing. It was so, so um, impactful and empowering. And um, I actually, the music that she played, I have to say, I did create a playlist on my phone for it. 
(laughs) It's interesting. There's a little woo. There's a little woo woo in coaching. It seeps in. The cool thing is, I mean, the cool thing happening now, I I have some, I have some friends who are like doing executive coaching, like at some of the biggest companies and uh, they say, yeah, they're bringing in, they're bringing in woo woo and talking about the energy of the meeting. Like, what are we looking at here? Like in like, as if it's a real strategic executive thing uh, that it's, and she's, she loves it. She's like, yeah. And I think what uh, it provides a language or or a vocabulary to talk about things that are sometimes really hard to to capture or talk about. Um, But I think that's what makes coaching so powerful. Yeah. It's, good stuff uh what in your when you work with when you when you're working with a client when do you know like like when do you know that the co like or how do you know like the coaching has like captured like you know what i mean how do you know that the, the coaching is working and that's captured what it needs to capture yeah it's it's when um you know we've we've developed um, their actions at the end. And there's a shift of like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it on Monday. You know, if we meet on Thursday, let's say I will do it on Monday or, um, you know, maybe they're following through some, but not always. And then there's a shift where they're excited to go take that action. Like they're really taking responsibility and ownership over their experience. And it's like, I'm going to do it as soon as we get off this call. Like, I'm like, awesome. And, you know, I'm getting pictures from them when they're completing it and they're, you know, they're, they can't wait till our next session to tell me about the impact of the action. They want me to know like right when they do it. Um, you know, they're sending me texts and things like that. That's when I know like, okay, we're getting there. Um, and it's super, super exciting to see that shift because that's really what we're after. Like we want, you know, I want my clients, it's for them, you know, they're investing in themselves. Um, you know, this is not for me as a coach. And so when they really, really step into that, it's, it's really exciting. I know what you're talking about. I love that. Yes. Thanks for putting words to that. Yeah. It's fun to, to look at different coach, like that, those moments in coaching sessions. I wish I could like, capture them somehow and then sprinkle a little bit of that on <laughs> other sessions. Like you're just right there. Yeah. 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 Just right there. Uh, all right. So we have a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first question is from, uh, is from uh, Bureau Ford. Uh, she asks, what do you think of starting a nonprofit for academic life coaching? I want to help low-income and first-generation students move forward academically and vocationally. Many students in this category can't afford a coach for about 100 a session. The concern I have is the competitiveness of the field. Hayden Lee, a, world-renown- a world-renowned life coach is, and grad of ALC, said we need to be patient and diligent for two years. Yeah, this is such, such a great question. Thank you so much, Burl. I appreciate it. And uh, Burl is is a, a coach in one of my classes. So I'm so, so glad that you're here. So good to see you. And and thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, yes, this is, I mean, you are speaking to my heart right now because um, these are the students that I worked with before I left education. And it has really, really influenced my practice because um, I'm right there with you. Like the students that I want to serve most and the students that I feel need um, coaching the most often cannot afford it on their own. And so I love the idea of starting a nonprofit for this. Um, I also um, have 
as a, as a, like an intermediate thing for me, um, is partnering with nonprofits that are already doing the work, um, and, and kind of, um, partnering in a way where I'm, I'm supplementing what the students are getting from that nonprofit. So for example, with a glass studio that I mentioned, they, um, for those who aren't super familiar with glass blowing, it actually is a, a, a really big group um, effort to create glass and blow glass, um, you know, gathering the glass and blowing it out and reheating um, multiple people go into a project. And so these students are getting a ton of um, life skills around um, communication and team dynamics and, and working on a team and leadership. And so I am able to work with them individually one-on-one -on -one as a coach on that interpersonal piece. Um, and so finding nonprofits in your community that are already doing this work where you can complement what they're doing um, is definitely a, a really um, awesome kind of stepping stone to get to that place because you can also learn about the nonprofit world that way. I've learned so much about um, nonprofits through this partnership and it's been really, really incredible. Um, but that's, and the, the students in that program, of course, that the coaching services are, are free of charge for them. So it's win, win, win all around. Um, so yeah, I love that. Yeah, Brittany, that's super insightful. Like I've done some work with Elevate Oregon. They're a nonprofit here that worked with uh, schools of uh, low-income students. And it was uh, tremendously fulfilling to see how, like, with as a coach, you can help like leverage those coaching skills in ways that uh, almost like program design, like the design of that future, like future self from inner critic is brilliant. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And to be able to follow that up with you know, coaching questions or have some sort of coaching structure around it, I could see like, so much value being created from that. Yeah. Where do you see the future of education going? Like from your, your perspective, having been oh. in, you know, higher ed, experienced life coaching, academic life coaching, like from your perspective, what do you see? What's the landscape? That is a really great, special, a uh, really great question, especially where we are right now, because I mean, education is getting flipped on its head right now, quite frankly, and <laughs> not by not by choice, of course. Um, and so it's going to be fascinating. I've had so many conversations with with um, my, my fellow education colleagues about, you know, where the direction of higher ed is going to go specifically. Um, and, you know, there's been, at least in my experience, a little bit of a resistance to go into this online education and kind of this negative um, perspective about um, an online degree and how valid is that versus a, a degree from an in-classroom experience. And I think that what we're going through now is going to have a huge lasting impact on where that goes, uh, moves forward. And um, I think too, um, there's going to be more of a, uh, a, a stronger direction in supporting students holistically, um, not just making sure that you know the the you know steps one two three four of completing this job or completing this task or um, those kinds of things you know I I, um, I don't know what the recent statistic is because it's been a while since I've looked it up but I know that you know that our our students who are coming into their first year of college you know their professors the staff at, on that college campus are tasked with preparing them for jobs that don't even exist right now so they're going to be you know, in four or five or six years graduating into positions that didn't exist through their training. And so it's 
you, how do you prepare someone with the tangible tools if you don't know what it is? And so that's where it's going to become really important to address the holistic um, aspects of the student so that they can be prepared for the unknown or the changing or um, what's to come. Right. Yeah, I know schools are scrambling right now to support their students and to keep them engaged. And Absolutely. the infrastructure is just not there. Like there's no... You know, it's just like, but this is it. This is the, this is the shift. You know, I think that uh, many people are waiting for where education is going to be delivered in this online format. You know, parts of education delivered online and the in-person experience, I think will be improved because then it can be for leader, leadership development for the kind of like glass blowing, breaking, reforming, like those kind of really deep impactful kind of experiences. Uh, I think that's what's come, going to come out of this. I have another question from Burrell again. Uh, I'm excited and inspired by your great answer, Brittany. Learning how a nonprofit on how it works is something I need to uh, need a lot and will benefit from. How can I get paid by working with a nonprofit or are you suggesting to do the work voluntarily? Mm, that's a really great question. So um, certainly, I mean, you could do, you can do it voluntarily. You can um, put together a package with a nonprofit. I can share with you, you know, as far as the, the approach that I take with the organizations that I work with, which is I um, really do a deep dive into what their program is, how it exists currently, and really think strategically about how I as a coach can support what they're already doing and add value to what they're doing, not necessarily replace aspects of it. And so I'm actually, you know, every organization that I have a conversation with, I'm crafting a, a different partnership with. It's, you know, we're designing our own alliance that looks different from organization to organization. And so when we roll that out for the first time, I actually offer it as a pilot program complementary to a small group of students that we decide on how many students that would participate. And then based on how that pilot goes at that point, then we start discussing like what a, a um, package would look like for a larger group of students for lo um, longer sessions and extended period of time and what the um, compensation would be for that. So in general, um, I don't charge um, the nonprofit partnerships the full standard rate that I would an individual client because I am working with a larger group of people and the the dynamics of, of the of the agreement. Um, but I also am not doing fully complimentary if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty, yeah. I mean, it's pretty standard that the, what you did, like the path you described, I mean, I know in a lot of nonprofits, they do have some funding for mm -hmm. supplemental work. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it might not be a lot, but it's, it's there. And uh, I know other coaches who've done work with nonprofits, they actively go out and try to seek sponsors for the work that they want to do with students. And so all the money is run through the nonprofit, but, it's if, if you can, uh, what I've seen is if, if a coach can demonstrate the value of coaching and there are studies out there, there are coaching studies that say, if, if coaching happens, this is what happens. Uh, Anthony Grant uh, from Australia is one that comes to mind. He's done a lot of work in this area. Uh, and then that's the kind of thing that they can get funding for grants for, and then you're off and running, you know, in this. Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now, there's a lot of funding that's available. Um, with everything going on. So absolutely. Don't be, don't be afraid to ask. Um, and, you know, it, it goes back to, like I said, kind of just the way that you design an alliance with a client, you would design an alliance with the organization as well. 
Um, and so, um, yeah, just don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. So cool. Brittany, you're so cool. <laughs> it's cool to see like this work happen, like, you know, in the nonprofit, in the nonprofit world, uh, in, in, in you, your heart to really help, you know, move these, you know, these people forward. Uh, we have a question from Marcy. Uh, what gives you strength? Oh, wow. Oh, hmm. I haven't thought about this in a long time. That's a really great question. What gives me strength? Coaching informed. I think, yeah, absolutely. It really is. I think I am especially given everything, you know, with, with my medical emergency, I get strength from everything is just temporary. And, and that goes both directions, you know, whether, you know, I'm going through, um, you know, a tough spot right now, it's temporary. And also on the flip side, if it's really, really great right now, that's also temporary. So how do I capture this and, and leverage it to my benefit? Um, and so I think that's where I, I, I uh, get my strength from is just knowing that, um, you know, things are going to change no matter where they are now. And I thrive in that actually. Maybe some, some people are, are uh, kind of reluctant to experience change and, and have that ever evolving piece. But for me, I love that, that aspect of life. And so that definitely gives me strength. I find your, so- your story so inspiring. Like the whole from front to finish, this whole, there was a traumatic event and then you pivoted and used it mm-hmm. to gain something even greater. Uh, Thank you. And that's so inspiring. Oh, we have another question here uh, from Madison. Uh, I am a board certified music therapist and seeking my master's to work in counseling as well. I find that in this work, it can be very challenging to find your balance. I'm very inspired by the way you have turned your post-traumatic growth into something so much bigger to allow yourself to do what you love for work as well as live the life you want to live now. How do you find your balance to meet your goals professionally and personally as you as, uh, as well as continue along your journey, your path of personal growth? Yeah, that's such a good question. And, you know, it's interesting. I talk about, um, you know, I, my, uh, there's a clear distinction in January 2017 of life before January 2017 and life after January 2017. And before it was very much like, this is my professional hat. This is my personal hat. And when I come home, my professional hat comes off. And when I go to work, my personal hat comes off and they don't, they don't go together. Um, and that's kind of where I found, well, where I was trying to find balance. <laughs> I never really actually found it. Right. That's, that's the way I thought it needed to be in order to find balance was just keep everything compartmentalized from one another. Um, And then, you know, after January 2017, when I got such clarity about the life that I wanted to live um, and the life that I wanted to live now, not 20, 30, 40 years from now, um, it really helped me align all the decisions that I'm making so that my life is truly integrated now. So for example, my desire to travel and, um, you know, I have this van that I've built out and and to to be able to live on the road. When I was starting my coaching practice, I knew that full-time travel was the direction that I wanted to go. And so from day one, I only met with clients virtually. 
I did not meet with clients in person because I knew that I wanted to set myself up for remote work. Um, and that's a very, very small example, but that's an example of how when you have your true north, it impacts and guides you in every little step and small decision and even big decisions along the way. And so that's where I find my balance now is that it's not really about balance. It's that everything is integrated together. And I know that the work that I'm doing with Coach Training EDU is supporting my work within my practice, is supporting my work internally that I'm doing on myself, is supporting my travel and the desires that I have to see every country in the world. And all of that gets brought back into who I am as a trainer and who I am as a coach too. So they all go together. And, um, um, in this synergy rather than in balance. Right. It's like, instead of seeking balance, seek integration in some ways. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Uh, so now you're, you're a coach actively living in a van. Is your van parked by a river? <laughs> is it, is uh, it not a currently. Is okay. But it will be. It will be. It will, it will be. And it has been. <laughs> it ha excellent. So you're a coach. You're, you're just a coach. You're just a coach living in a van down by the river. <laughs> yeah. are, we, are we expecting to see some sort of media from this? Like, is there, there's gotta be some sketches or something coming out of this experience. <laughs> something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of people who are asking, you know, are you going to do a blog? And, right. um, it's, it's fun. I, I, um, I very much uh, thrive more in conversation than I do in written word. And so I find myself more attracted to videos than, than to blogging. So I do have a YouTube channel, but um, outside of that, I really haven't done a whole lot for it. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking me about it. And so I am documenting along the way because maybe someday I figure out how it all pieces together. But, you know, in through that lens of, you know, my true north right now, I'm not able to see how that quite fits in with my true north. So I've kind of put it to the side, <laughs> but, but it's still there. Maybe I'm not sure how Chris Farley like, fits in. into true north. Like, hmm, I don't know. It's kind of a stretch. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just so, when you were talking, like, you know, we've been, we've been working closely together, especially on this 2.0. Like we've been daily meeting and I feel like both of us are doing battle with, uh, you know, ideas and writing and it's, it's been amazing like the last, you have to see this come into the place. Uh, and it's also really funny to know you're living in a van, which I did too. So we were, we were van coaches, you know, at certain points in time. Uh, and it, it's true. It's a whole new world. It really is like this whole virtual space, like everything that's happening, like, you know, the, that we're even able to have this conversation and have so many people from all over the world who are going to listen to it. Uh, that that to me is remarkable. Like we really are living in a place where we have found ways to connect on an emotional human human level, even virtually. And in some ways, the the connections even deeper because it can be more consistent over, and it's not dependent on geography. Uh, where can we find out more, Brittany? Where where can people go if they want to find out more about working with you and? Uh, what any, any projects you have coming up in the next uh, couple weeks? Yeah, absolutely. The best place to get connected with me is through um, my website, actually. It links out to my YouTube and Instagram and all of that. And that's at lifelivedbydesign.com. Um, and that'll get you connected. My email address, everything is there. 
Um, and then in terms of projects that I'm working on, I'm super, super excited. Not, unfortunately, not in the next two weeks. I'm not that close. Um, but I am working on a life audit workbook. Um, and it's really um, kind of taking everything that I learned on my journey and this post-traumatic growth experience that I had and crafting it into um, a workbook that anyone can either self-pace through or if they want to work with me one-on-one -on -one alongside with this workbook, that we can go even deeper into that so that they can experience this level of growth without having to experience any kind of traumatic experience or something along those lines. So that's in the works. Um, not, not in the next couple of weeks, though, but it is in the works and will be coming out soon. I'm really excited with where it's at. That's excellent. Thank you, Brittany. So lifelivedbydesign.com. That's her website. Uh, if, and there'll be more. So if you have more questions, there'll be a, a question and answer uh, section on the Coach Train Edu blog. Thank you, Brittany, for being here on the Coaching and Flourish podcast. And thank you, everyone, for being here as well and participating in your, your excellent questions. I appreciate that. Thank you, Edu community. And I will, uh, yeah, I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.